0: Welcome to the Holy Donors Podcast. Join Andrew, Matt, Wren, and me, Thaddeus, as every week we bring you inspiring stories of radical generosity that have changed the world. So, Andrew, you ready to get started? Can't wait. All right, we are here at yet another of our Holy Donors wrap parties. I am your host, Thaddeus, and I'm joined by the rest of our team, Ren. How's it going, guys? Andrew. Yo, yo, yo. And last but not least, Matt. What's going on? We're back again for another rap party, this time, Venerable Pierre Toussaint. I think he was somebody that I brought to the team as a, as a possible subject. I had a book about him on my shelf. I'd never read it. I wanted to have an excuse to crack it open and learn about him. And when I discovered that he actually had a philanthropic aspect to his life, I pitched him to you guys and you guys all signed off on him. Did you all know anything about Venerable Pierre before the season?
1: Thaddeus, no. I'm really uh, excited and grateful that you did because it was a good reflection into the life of somebody who lived a long time ago. I think we mentioned in the show this was the furthest back that we had gone uh, or that we have gone in our holy donors coverage and so you know that created some challenges in terms of you know finding material on them but the other thing though was and we talked a lot about this you know in sort of researching we, and we we talk a lot about every person before we dive into it but this one because of Pierre's background because of the you know the dynamic of him being a a slave and a former slave and then a freedman there was a little bit of I don't want to say hesitancy well I guess I should I could say hesitancy. This is a topic that I think we all really wanted to discuss and kind of pull back the cover on but you know in the world we live in right that can be you have to cover topics like this with a lot of sensitivity. So we did talk about you know how this was an important person to cover an important subject but that we had to be really mindful of how we uh, presented it. Uh, do you remember some of those discussions early on?
0: I do. I remember bringing um, some of those same concerns to the group, and I remember while I was writing up the the notes and doing the recordings, trying to find that balance between telling the truth about slavery, the slave trade, telling the truth about the Catholic Church's stance on it. Yeah,
1: that was uh, really historically really helpful for me because I had never really thought about it, but you know, throughout history. Mm-hmm right? The, the church has existed and slavery has existed together. And to kind of dive into that topic a little bit, I think I thought you did a really good job. I'm appreciative of bringing
0: that. Thank you. Up. I think it's really important to bring out that church teaching has been one thing and the actions of Catholics, even very high up in the hierarchy, has been another. It's reminiscent of things today in our society. It's, it's not unlike certain topics and certain issues at work in the modern world. So, yeah, for sure. This is nothing new. Also, I think, you know, I really strove to tell the truth about Pierre's experience as a as an enslaved person, but also trying to never lose sight of his agency in it, mm-hmm. that yeah. that he had a degree of ability to decide his his response to it, to decide how he was going to live in that state. And I think that's what was so powerful about his decision after Jean-Jacques passed away and he had this thriving hairdressing business. And he continued to support Marie without asking for his freedom, as far as we can tell. Right. And then bringing out that fascinating aspect of his life in New York, where his Frenchness was actually more valuable and, and traded kind of at a higher rate of exchange than his race oui, as oui. far as we can tell yeah
1: <laughs> that was a uh, bon importante wait
0: i don't <laughs> i get that right <laughs> bon bon it was bon bon. bon bon yeah
1: matt do you remember those discussions that we were having just about like if we go down this road of covering this person which there's a lot of people that we don't you know we ultimately decide we don't want to cover for a variety of reasons but you know we did decide on pierre and i think it's important that we did but do you remember those discussions
2: I do. And they seem they seem that we, we spent quite a bit of time figuring out how we would approach it and how much we would cover because there's two sides of it. Can we do it right? Can we do it well? And can we do it respectful? But then there was the, the other side of it too. How do we do it within a short podcast?
1: Right, yeah. I
2: mean, if, if if we were if we were to do this subject, we we could we could do an entire podcast uh, with multiple seasons long of of trying to cover this subject. But this one, how can we reach and and kind of accomplish all those goals, but yet keep it within the length of our own podcast and share the stories and and the beauty behind who Pierre Toussaint was. And I think we did the best we could. And I think we did a, a pretty darn good job. We'll let the the uh, listeners decide beyond that. But uh, in my opinion, I think it was it was a good kind of balancing act that we did, trying to put the two pieces together.
1: Ren, do you have anything to contribute to this in terms of conversation about how we approached the season and how we d- pulled it off?
3: Yeah, I mean, the one of the main goals of this show is to tell about these donors in their place in history, right? This was a point in history that I really didn't know much about. When you talk about it, some of the stuff that happened or that was happening, you knew about and other things. I just had no context uh, for what was going on in the country and you know, with, with enslavement and everything else at that time. Even some of the, the subtle things like, okay, this guy was a hairdresser who built an empire and became a holy donor. How do you do that as a hairdresser? And then we pulled up some pictures while we were in the studio of hairstyles at that point in time in the 1800s, are like, holy moly, that's to create hairstyles like that. Obviously, it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. It's, it's something that you don't see something to that scale today. It's a, it's a very different world than what you visualize and you think of a hairdresser, I guess, right? So, there's just a lot of pieces to the story that it took some, some of us just sitting around discussing what's the best way to describe this, looking up some of the historical facts about it and trying to weave them all together in a way that was both interesting and accurate.
0: I don't remember who found this anecdote, but I remember talking about, on the hairdressing subject, that a person of means at that time would have an annual income of $10,000 and it wasn't unusual for a woman to spend $1,000 a year on hairstyles. That was very eye-opening.
1: hmm Terrifying, but eye-opening, yeah. <laughs>
3: Wondering how to maximize the potential of your nonprofit's year end appeal letter? Petrus Development is bringing together experts on design, segmentation, printing, and mailing to give you everything you need to know to ace your end of the year appeal. Join the Petrus Development Virtual Summit on Year End Appeals. Live, Tuesday, October 18th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Central. Registration is just $29, but the impact on your appeal will be much greater. Prices go up Monday, October 10th. Visit developmentcom slash Appeal Summit for more details. That's petrusdevelopmentcom slash Appeal Summit.
0: This is the part of the show where we kind of move on from what we knew about Pierre and some thoughts about the decision to pick the subject, and we move into our takeaways part of the show. Let's go around the room with what did we learn, what did we gain about Philanthropy about our Catholic faith, studying Pierre's life. Matt, you want to go first?
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd love to go first. Pierre Toussaint is a highly unique character, especially in, in our faith. And when it comes to holy donors, as I mean, as we said before, he, it's the oldest time frame that we've ever kind of used as a subject. But this one takes into a different account. We talk rags to riches with Catherine Drexel, right? Well, riches to rags with Catherine Drexel and and other. Others uh, that we've highlighted, we've talked about this rags to riches, but Pierre Toussaint was almost a, a negative to rags, like beyond rags, from the standpoint of he was a slave. He didn't own anything. He owed people for everything that he would receive. And so to go from that point of being a slave and, and to the point of where he became the man that he was – And all the steps along the way, it's just fascinating to me to see how one person can accomplish and overcome as much as he did in a lifetime. I mean, even a quarter of what he had to do for us to overcome would be a huge, huge milestone and and boulder and mountain to overcome. Yet, you know, Pierre Pierre Toussaint did so stinking much in his lifetime. And then at the end of it, he was a wealthy man and he was able to turn around and give back even to the people who who you could argue wanted everything taken away from him because he was of a different color than they were. I don't know. The whole story of Pierre Toussaint is just fascinating to me. And it it, it, it was from the beginning, it still is. I'm so glad that we brought him in and did it. But uh, Pierre Toussaint is is amazing. Andrew, what about you?
1: Yeah, so I had two big takeaways. One was about Pierre, and I was just really struck by and impressed with him being a stable force in life, right? Throughout everything, you know, just the story, he was one of two slaves that was, you know, him and his sister, Rosalie taken to New York city and, you know, made that transition and then was helping the family. And then Jean-Jacques left and ultimately never returned. And he, you know, more or less kind of assumed the the man of the house role with Madame Marie. And, teaching his his niece Euphemia how to speak and how to write in English and in French. It was just like him just being a stabilizing force I think is really a true it's a takeaway for all of us, right? Like we can accomplish a lot even when we just I don't want to say put our heads down but you know kind of just focus in on what what needs to be done, what our role in the story can be and be helpful, supportive, loving, caring to those around us it had a tremendous impact in the life of, in that whole family's life. And then, you know, clearly in modern day, we're still talking about and learning from uh, this wonderful man. So that was my takeaway about Pierre. And I think my other takeaway is one that we have talked about a couple of times now already is just this idea. I had never given much thought to the practice of slavery in the context of Catholicism and, and Catholic faith and really, you know, any kind of uh, Christian practice. And that was it was just really interesting to me to think about that. And, you know, eventually every everything becomes justifiable, right? Unfortunately. But I think that that is a it's a takeaway from that time period, but it's also a lesson for us today, you know, as Catholics who believe in the faith and you know, there's still times that we have to go to God's word, go to the teachings of the church and say, how can we live out our authentic practice of our faith, even with, you know, so much noise and chaos and, you know, maybe kind of conflicting voices that are coming, certainly from outside, but also even, you know, in some cases from within. So anyways, it was just a, you know, it was a helpful helpful look into an issue that I literally had never given any thought to and now it's kind of given me pause to think about how can I live my life and you know what are the things that that I can really stand for as as a man of faith so those are my two takeaways I thought this was a really fantastic season and I think that we we did it well and I think that you know it started with Thaddeus putting together great content finding great stuff and then us as a team focusing in on how do we tell this story effectively and and I think, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, it was a fantastic team effort. I think my takeaways are very much related to to Andrew's about living as a man of faith. You know, initially what attracted me to Pierre Toussaint's story was getting the chance to talk about the history of, of slavery, to getting a chance to talk about the Catholic Church and its teachings on that, t- telling the story of the Haitian Revolution and slavery in Saint-Domingue that was all interesting to me as a historian but my real takeaways have to do with him as an example you know him as a model of faith he's a extremely powerful example of loving your enemy he treated his masters his enslavers with such generosity and love he laid down his life for them not literally by dying for them but he certainly gave so much of what he owned to support Madame Marie, his humility. He never seemed to put himself first ever. He was always serving others happily, joyfully, quietly, it seemed like. And I was also impressed by the fact that he was an an enslaved man and then a formerly enslaved man who loved the French language. He loved French culture. He loved the Catholic faith that had been given to him by his masters. I think he's a marvelous example of recognizing truth, goodness, and beauty when you see it, regardless of emotional difficulties, wounds, injustice that comes along with that truth, goodness, and beauty, but nevertheless recognizing this is a treasure. This is something to hold on to. This is real. This is good. Those are all fantastic takeaways for me as a as a person and I, I think that they're great models and, and lessons for us to learn again as a as a society.
1: Yeah. I mean Pierre saw a lot of tragedy and heartache and in, in his life in his, you know, in the Haitian, the people of San Domingue with the Civil War. And a lot of times that's kind of our occasion to blame God and, you know, say, how could you let all this happen? And that was not the path that he took. And I think that's a you know, a good example and a testament for all of us that even in the midst of suffering, we still serve a loving God who is worthy of and wants our praise and wants our generosity, right? Like that's, you know, we started this, this is about holy donors. It's also interesting how we've spent a lot of time talking about Pierre and the time he spent, but he's on the show because of his generosity. So, you know, sometimes like in our own lives, right? Our you know, our generosity or the donors that we work with, their generosity kind of gives them a chance to teach us other things in life or to gives us a chance to teach other things in life, just because yeah. we are choosing the path of, of generosity and goodness.
2: Great. That's a great point. Does your nonprofit organization need to raise more money? Work with the leading teach-to-fish consulting firm, Petrus Development. Check us out at petrusdevelopment.com. I think this
0: brings us to the the end of our of our rap party. It's been a little bit more subdued, maybe a little more serious than other rap parties in the past. But this was a this was a heavy subject and one that we we took on with you know a real sense of, of obligation and wanting to to do it right and do his life justice. And I think that we did. And I hope that we get great feedback from our. From our listeners about this this season so i think without further ado never mind i'm using the wrong word there (laughs) but before we say adieu there's much ado about our next season so for that let's
1: go Uh, to
3: i like like what you did there so thaddeus you know how this was the the earliest season in the the timeline of history that we've ever done yeah a couple centuries ago Uh, our next season is going to go back even further than that
2: what? <laughs>
3: and, not, and not just a little further, we're going back about a thousand years, and we're going to look at somebody in a very different time period, a very different uh, place in the world than we've ever looked at before. Can you let the cat out of the bag? Yeah, that is. We are going to take a look at the son of a Viking king, the last Viking king. His name is Saint Canute, a little known saint from Denmark. So that'll be a pretty interesting season. Ron, I have to say, I canute
0: wait for St. Canute.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy.
1: Thanks for joining us for this episode of Holy Donors, brought to you by Petrus Development in cooperation with Red Sea Catholic Radio. Theme music by Tommy Kibb, Third Top Productions. Graphics by 86 Creative. If you like us, leave us a review, share us with your friends, and check us out at holydonors.com. And on Instagram, Holy Donors, bringing you inspiring stories of radical generosity that have changed the world.
0: We're back with our latest. Uh, we're back here on our. We're back again on a rap party. Stop looking at me, you guys. you guys. <laughs> Matt, hello. Sorry, I had myself muted. Oh, Okay. Yeah, we figured. I thought you were ignoring me, dude. Our listeners are not going to want to miss that, and they're also not going to want to miss seeing us drink ale out of Viking helmets with horns on them. <laughs> right, guys? Remember when we did that? I grew up with those. That was
3: just like part of the course for us. <laughs>
0: I think, without further ado, we're going to say adieu. Okay.